Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long we are celebrating veterans who are also entrepreneurs. And I can't wait to talk to this guest today because we have quite a bit of a background here. So he is a retired army colonel. Rob Campbell is also a husband, a father, an author, and an entrepreneur, which means he's part you know, of this series, obviously. But he began his career many, many years ago, I won't tell you how many, as an infantry officer. He served in a variety of command and staff positions in a career that spanned, well, about 27 years. So if you do the math, you might figure out when he started. His culminating assignment was command of an inf infantry brigade. And he's laughing because I've tried to say brigade like 13 times now in the 101st Airborne Division. Now, he retired in 2016. He wrote a little book on leadership. And I say a little because it's not all that little and it's fantastic. And founded his own speaking and consulting business. Now, he also has two books now. But I always like to brag that he is also the man who wrote the foreword to the second edition of my first book, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees. And I value his input and his leadership strategies and thought processes very much. Rob, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Michael. It's good to be back with you again. It's as long as I can say the word brigade, we're in good You're shape. You're doing see just fine. <laughs> Clearly, I haven't had enough coffee yet today. <laughs> Rob, we go back. We go way back now. Look at this, like many years. And I know. Um, I, I love. Oh, I actually, I really love the picture of you, the cover of your newest book. You know, like the you got the suit on. You know, you got your uniform and the suit. I love. I love <laughs> the way that comes together because it's such a great uh, dialogue about the lives you live both as an individual civilian as and in your time in service. So mm -hmm. let's start off. I just hit some of the highlights that I could actually speak out loud. Uh, let's have, tell us a little bit more about your career. Talk about your time in the military and how that helped you to shock your own potential. Yeah, I, um, it all started back in college, really in 1987. I just started freshman year of college. I was passionate about basketball. That was my thing, right? Well, I didn't make the team freshman year. So that passion came to a screeching halt. Now what? Well, I was out of money at the same time. And, you know, it's 1980s. We're in a war. So like, oh, I'll join the National Guard. My dad was in the reserve. So I signed up and I figured, wow, I found out I really kind of like this. And mm -hmm. so I went into ROTC and, and really got immersed in the military and chose to go on active duty in 1990 and never looked back. Um, an amazing career, 21 different organizations, I think 16 moves, uh, lived all over the world, Hawaii, Alaska, Germany, all over the States, uh, raised a family and then transitioned out in 2016. The, the shock, I mean, it, the military is a great place to shock your potential because they, they throw you into scenarios and training and of course, combat that are shocking, you know, where they yeah. really challenge you to, to dig deep down and see if you can pull it off and do it. And so uh, it was a tremendous um, 
career of growth for me, uh, placing my, you know, me in places I would not have thrust myself, uh, commanding soldiers and, and problem solving and, you know, really connecting with families and things to the level that I may not have. And, um, so it did me, it did me wonders, um, you know, those 27 years I was an infantry officer, ranger, paratrooper, did all those crazy things, deployed three times, uh, crazy busy year. But when we, uh, when we got past brigade command, <clears throat> we decided, well, <clears throat> let's try a different path. Mm -hmm. And so off we went into this encore life, as I call it. I love it. Encore life. I love that. I also mm -hmm. like how you said we, and you know, uh, this is important. We've had military spouses on several times in the last couple of years as well. And I'm always asking them, how, how do you make it through? It's tough. It has got to be really tough to raise a family, keep everything going for men and women, whoever is the non-military spouse. Um, and to, to keep that, uh, that normalcy when you have to be put in all these different situations, not even to mention the fact that so 16 moves, that's, that's yeah. substantial. I hate packing anytime. It's been 10 <laughs> years and I'm like, I don't ever want to pack again, but it's sometime we're going to have to move. How did you guys, I love the fact you said we, but how, how did your wife and family support you through all that? Well, it was a team effort. Uh, you know, and again, this is one of those areas that kind of shocks you, right? When you're, when you're put mm -hmm. up, especially in Alaska, you consider Alaska, you're remote from any of your family network. I mean, you're, you're a long flight to get back to that. So yeah. You're kind of forced to immerse in a community and form some friendships and bond with people. And so our experience doing that over to over 27 years and 16 moves, I believe, served us well. The other part is, you know, we, we were part of a values-based society. My children, my wife heard me talk about leadership and how it was all about the organization and not about me and uh, right. talking about this greater cause that I was serving that gets into our DNA. But it is tough for the spouses. They serve just as much as veterans. And I'm a massive uh, military spouse fan. In fact, I've got two of them on my team because I believe in them so much. They're leaders in their own right. They don't wear ribbons and medals and things like that like we do. But they're leading behind the scenes, you know, caring for families and the household while the service member is gone, interacting in their community, volunteering at units and giving of themselves. So they learn a lot of the same values that are um, infused in me, selfless service, duty, loyalty. These spouses bring the same kind of things into their encore life because they've, they've survived and thrived in many cases in, in the rigors of military service. I love that. And I like how you said too, that you are, were immersed in community values, but you are in values-based society, but immersed in every community you went into, which is also proof of that values-based society that you're a part of is don't exist outside, be a part of, be a part of the world. And mm -hmm. uh, I think that's really important without a doubt. So how did, how did your time in your military help you in this encore life, help you to become, <laughs> help you in your entrepreneurial journey? Because that's a big jump. Well, it helped me in tremendous ways, Michael, and, and to your audience out there, you know, many of which are, are veterans in this month of veteran focus, uh, they are well equipped to be entrepreneurs. We're just not doing a very good job in military transition of exposing them to that and convincing them that they are. For me, uh, in my entrepreneurial journey, I, I know how to problem solve, and that lies at the core of many businesses. I know how to lead. I know how to inspire people. I know how to build teams. All those things are vital to a business. But non-veterans don't get that because there is no leadership training and education in K-12 through or in college or an MBA program. 
So the military real, really helped uh, hone those skills for me, which I think are very critical. Now, there are some obstacles we have to overcome, right? We don't speak the language of business. We don't speak the language of money. We don't even use entrepreneurship in the military. Yeah. Um, but it's very important. And, and, but we can adapt quickly. I served outside of my core occupational skill in a variety of roles in the military. That's what entrepreneurship calls for. And so that's how it really helped me uh, to be able to step in and do that. But I had a lot to learn as I've traveled the entrepreneur journey. Yeah. And I, I hear that that's kind of a common theme is both the ability to adapt quickly and mm -hmm. to problem solve and how those two play together. Because obviously all of us, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, business owner, you have that every single day. But the last couple of years, a little thing called the global pandemic threw us all for a huge loop. And the ability to sustain, it's interesting that um, the more I interview uh, our veteran entrepreneurs this month, the more I'm hearing that sense of, okay, so it sucked. Uh, changed everything I had going on. So uh, we just figured out a new plan. Yeah. And and I say, that's great. I eventually got there. But for the first two weeks, I curled into the fetal position, stuck my thumb in my mouth and, <laughs> and cried. <laughs> yep. I think you guys fared a little bit better because you're like, nope. All right. What do we need to do with that plan? Is down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw a cartoon that said, uh, you know, it, it's a military person and a non-military person when the pandemic first hit and, and the, the non-military person is saying it. Oh, my God, we're stuck in this place and we can't go anywhere. And the military person says, first time? <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Rob, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor. And when we come back, we're going to learn more about what you're doing today. We'll be right back. Imagine starting a long journey without a map or even a clear idea of the obstacles ahead. That's exactly what it's like for entrepreneurs who start companies with a lot of passion, but without the financial expertise to grow and scale their businesses and create long-term wealth for their families. Find a financial advisor who can help you map a better journey. Wayne Titus shows you how in his book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. With the right advisor at your side, you'll have the freedom to focus on what really matters to you. Get the Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being at Amazon.com and in the virtual bookstore on the Shock Your Potential app. And we are back with my buddy Rob Campbell and talking about his career in the military and how it helped prepare him for an entrepreneurial journey. So let's talk a little bit about what you're doing today. I definitely want to learn more about your new book, but I know your first book, It's Personal, Not Personnel, is so, it's so touching because it's such a great reminder that even uh, for those of us who have long experienced uh in long experience in, in uh, leadership, one of the things I loved about your book was it really made a difference. Like you can still manage thousands of people and still have personal connections with, with them. Mm -hmm. And it's important. And some of the stories you shared were just so, so poignant because I don't think often we think in the military of those kinds of personal connections between a commanding officer and, and those that uh, report to them, but it's a real beautiful, um, it's a beautiful description, and it, I think it brings humanity to all of us. But that's just one portion of what you're doing. Tell us a little bit about your business today. Yeah, thanks for that, Michael. My God, I've got so much going on, so I'll, I'll try and cover all the big parts. Um, yeah, the book was, you know, and book writing is very entrepreneurial, too. Mm -hmm. I believe more people have books inside of them, especially veterans who've got a story to tell. And I, I coach a lot of folks to try and take that leap and get into book writing because it wasn't my grand plan. 
I kind of crashed into it and got through it and created one and then wrote another and I'm off on my third already. So, uh, yeah, that was a, a neat journey. Um, I've got a handful of things going on. When I got out, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And that's what a lot of veterans experience. You know, we're asking the wrong questions when they transition. Rob, yeah. thanks for your service. What do you want to do? It ought to be, Rob, thanks for your service. Who are you? Right. You really got to understand who you are. Because in the military, there's no magic formula to what made me an infantry officer or an aircraft mechanic or an engineer. They just looked at my aptitude. The Army needed that. And poof, off we went. But on the outside, you got a blank sheet of paper. So in 2016, I had my blank sheet of paper, and I decided to take some time off. My wife uh, taught school for a while to get us over the hump. And that's what I, I kind of stumbled into book writing and realized, okay, I can sell this. I can sw uh, speak and coach and train and teach and consult off of this. So I, I started my entrepreneurship journey there. Um, along the way, I uh, met some friends in Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, that were running this program called VET2CEO, V-E-T-T-O-C-E-O. I'm now the executive director for that nonprofit, and it's a live oh. virtual entrepreneurship program. Yeah, it's really great. It's taught by Mike and John, and they've got uh, decades of experience in business. And part of the problem with a lot of these entrepreneur programs out there on the veteran side is they're, they're taught by veterans, <laughs> not <laughs> entrepreneurs, right? Now, these guys are veterans, <laughs> but they got a lot of business experience. And so we teach us about once a quarter and it's live and virtual. So we get an audience from across the world. Uh, some in uniform, some that have already started business. In fact, 40% of our students are already in business and they realize, okay, I got to come back to the schoolhouse and, and get schooled up on how you actually go through this. So mm -hmm. that's been a great journey. And frankly, it's taught me a lot about entrepreneurship. I'm looking at buying an existing business right now as the vehicle behind Rob Campbell leadership. Mm -hmm. To that business, um, again, when I wrote the book, I thought, okay, I could, I could deliver on this because I've got three decades and some successes and failures to talk about. Yep. And so uh, I do a wide variety of things. I, I, I consult, I teach, I coach, and I, and I speak are the primary ones. Coaching and speaking are the two things that I love to do most, and it's where I've focused mm -hmm. a lot of my effort now. Uh, because it allows me to shock the potential of people, right? Uh, what I do in those roles across the board is I'm shining a light on something that an individual cannot see or an organization cannot see because I have been in 21 different organizations and I have led really at the crucible of leadership and combat. And I understand the very personal connection. I appreciate you saying that because it is a very human endeavor, military yeah. leadership. And, and so I bring that acumen into that space. And it's the, the, the most ROI for me is when the light bulb comes on. It's when somebody sees that they actually have the potential to do something. Because as you well know, you, you and I have potential that remains untapped, right? It's like right. unused energy. Right. And, and you need a coach to be able to pull that out and kind of bring yeah. you up to that next level. Even Absolutely. at the ripe old age as you and I are, and I won't give them away. But <laughs> no, but, but I'm we pretty sure we're the exact same life. age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, uh, so I enjoy doing that a lot, and uh, I've got a variety of clients. I've, I've worked on, uh, on the healthcare side. I've worked with uh, first responders. Uh, gone back and done a little bit with the military, but I really love the private organizations out there because they don't have the benefit, the good, <laughs> excuse me, the good fortune that I had. Mm -hmm. uh, in the military to learn and grow as a leader. And so I, it's just a lot of fun sharing all that with, uh, with organizations out there. I'll finish uh, that to that question uh, with my second book, 
uh, I'm very active in the veteran transition space. Mm-hmm. So it's a great opportunity to speak this month and be on this podcast because like I mentioned earlier, a lot of veterans get out and they don't know what they want to do. Yeah. And frankly, many of them surrender the freedom that they fought for. And that's what my second book is all yeah. about. It's called at ease, which is a term, depending on how it's used. If you yell it, that means someone's got to freeze and pay attention. If you say it calmly, that means it's going to be okay. Relax. And that's what right. I was trying to say in the book and, and it, enjoying the freedom you fought for. Now that sounds pretty simple, but it's not, Michael. I've been out five right. years now, and I can't do anything in my life that's a very, like a big decision in my life, a big move in my life, where I don't have this pull, like I've got to go ask the Army permission. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't anymore, right? If I want to grow a mullet, I can grow a mullet. I mean, I have the authority <laughs> to do that. I want the if picture I, of that. I'm just telling you right now, we're doing that live. Yep. Okay, yeah. go on. <laughs> well, don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath on that one. Listen, if I want to move from where I'm currently living to another place, that's on me and I can do that. But there's this weird sense of we don't have that complete freedom because we were always beholden to the bigger institution of the military. And we had to seek that approval. And and too often, coupled with that, we let the system guide us to where we want to be. Oh, Michael, you were an aircraft mechanic. Therefore, you're passionate about that. And that's the, the path you need to travel. Right. Right. No, it's not actually. I want to be a veterinarian or I want to write books or I want to do this, right. you know, and that's yeah. the struggle. And that's what I try to share yeah, at ease. Uh, it, it's a bit of a handrail for transitioning service members. It's not a step by step fill in the blank. It's some perspectives and stories that I share, things I got right and wrong in my transition. And it's still a transition. Again, I'm five years into it and still transitioning. I don't yeah. know what I'll be able to put an ED on the end of that. Maybe never. It's a journey <laughs> that you're traveling, you know? So that's what I I'm doing. That. Pretty busy. And I love that. Enjoying the freedom you fought for. That's such a beautiful perspective of, mm-hmm. of, you know, how to, so many of the other struggles that veterans are, you know, dealing with that we don't know. You know, I always say you never know what goes on behind anybody else's four walls. Sure. And so to recognize that someone else who is who has served our country has different struggles than we do. We all have struggles, sure. but there are going to be some different ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I, I just wanted to point out, because I think it was really poignant, you know, you were talking about the fact that, you know, you and I have untapped potential, but it takes someone else to get it out of us some, sometimes. And I think that's something I'd really like for all the veterans who are, you know, listening right now who are thinking, I don't know, you know, when Rob said, who are you versus what do you want to do? I don't maybe know the difference between those things. That's okay. Mm -hmm. It's really important then though, you spend time figuring it out. And I am, I've shared this a couple of times. I, for the last couple of years, I knew that I needed a business coach for me, but I couldn't find the right one until about four months ago. And I actually found her about six months ago um, because I interviewed her for my podcast. And then for six months, I was like, I know that's the person. I know that's the person. (laughs) And then the moment I started working with her and her organization, the, the things that became clear to me were like, I was like, what, how did I miss that? Like that is clearly the smartest thing I should have done. And so I started enacting them and they change my, they are changing myself, my business and my ability to manage what I'm doing so much differently. So, you know, this concept of working with other people or reading to get yourself better or listening to podcasts to help give you ideas. Those things are things we all have access to today that are really incredibly important, but the key is we all need them. So Yes. Don't don't feel like it means you're lost that you don't have something because 
you, you know, you can, you can access it too. If you don't know the right answer, someone can help you bring it out. You're not alone. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, you know, when you share that story, how have the responses to that book been? You know, what, what kind of things has that done for people who are reading it and saying, okay, now maybe I can figure out how to be at ease. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, it's shocking their potential, isn't it? it it's, it's shining a light on something they hadn't thought about. Uh, because when I transitioned, there wasn't anything I could reference. I talked to a bunch of people, and transition's very geared for the younger um, service member, rightfully right. so, because that's, that's the mass population. But, I mean, I'm institutionalized in the Army after almost three decades of service. Yeah. That's a massive transition. One of the things that... Uh, that I realized, I discovered as after the book was out last year, it um, it speaks not only to veterans, but anybody making a major transition in their life. Yeah, that's there, what there are a lot wondering. of folks. Yeah, they spend decades in corporate America, grinding away, right, serving in the C-suite and just you know delivering, mm-hmm. working these insane hours, and they get to a point in their life like, okay, now I'm financially secure enough to transition, but now they're stepping into something very different, and mm-hmm. and that's hard. Right. And, and you can get emotional uh, in doing that. And you can really make some bad decisions. One of the things, one of the, the, the chapters in the book is about be careful not to drop an anchor. Mm. And what I mean by that is as we come out of service, we have these ideas of where we want to be and what we want to do. And we sprint to those uh, somewhat emotional because we, we, we might feel a bit entitled. Like, hey, look, I served my country. I gave for my nation a sacrifice. And now I'm going to get what I'm looking for. So we rush to the job, right? Because it's sexy and it, it, you know, it's a big right. paycheck. And we buy the house, the boat, and the car. We drop these massive anchors that we can't get out of. And what happens down the road is we discover, you know what? This isn't necessarily the job that I want or the neighborhood that I want to live in. Mm-hmm. But then it's too late because we're anchored down. So why, one of my biggest pieces of advice for veterans and anybody making a big transition like that is remain flexible. Because wouldn't it be nice a year into your transition when you discover, you know, this is not what I want to be doing, that right. you could course correct easier than you might had you bit dropped a big anchor and really cemented yourself in position. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, it reminds me, one of my good friends from high school, her husband uh, retired from, as an uh, Air Force uh, colonel just a couple years mm-hmm. ago. And I was really impressed because I didn't know the backstory, but after he was out, they did take a while and then they decided of all the places they'd been, where did they want to live? And they settled down in Colorado. And I was like, wait, what? What are you doing in Colorado? Like that right. was not, not it. She just said, you know, we talked about it a lot and we'd, we'd been there. We'd actually lived, you know, kind of close. We did a lot of activities there. Our family is all an outdoor family. We want to be in the open air. And she said, we move. And the, because they took time to do it, they discussed it as a family because it was moving their, their kids again that were in junior high and high school and, you know, said we could stay here where we've been and follow through with this or, and they all decided. And it was such a, to me, I just thought it was so impressive to -hmm. make that decision thoughtfully rather than a knee jerk reaction or to your point, like this is going to be the answer that will make everything better. You know, those things um, deserve our time and attention. And in the long run, you still might make the wrong choice, but you have a better chance to make the right one. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, and after 27 years, you'd think that I've made some, some big decisions in my career, a lot Mm -hmm. of them life life changing and in the impacting of lives. And, And you would think I'd get that right, but no, 
we missed a few things on that journey, you know, but we course corrected and we're in a great place now because of it. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, you, you, you can get a few wrong, but for the most part, and that I think that comes back to you talking about we, we made those decisions, we worked together. I mean, you had your own, uh, not just the military as you know, that institution, but your family as an institution. That's really impressive. Rob, obviously, we can always talk all day long, because I love chatting with you. But and <laughs> we're gonna have all your contact information on our show notes. But just in case somebody wants to look you up right now to learn more about you, your books and your training, coaching and consulting and speaking, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, best two ways are uh, LinkedIn. I'm there often. Rob Campbell Leadership on LinkedIn. You'll find me. And then uh, and you'll see that split picture of me in half uniform, half suit. <laughs> Love it. And then the, the other one is my website, robcampbellleadership.com. Um, I love interacting with people there. My blogs are there. I'd love for you to sign up for my blog. I write every one three times a week, right to your email inbox. And I'm getting some really great feedback on those. It's just a lot of fun. It's just all my thoughts on leadership. So yeah, LinkedIn and my website, two best places to find me. You can also find Rob at the shockyourpotentialbookstore.com. He is one of our featured authors. So uh, check him out there. That's a really new fun thing that we've been doing because my goal was to make sure that our that authors get more direct connection with potential readers. So, you know, we're, we've got the videos learning about why people have written their books and, you know, get to know them a little bit more personally. In 2022, we have a whole bunch of fun new things planned to make that even more interactive. So lots of fun stuff with that. So Rob, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Yes, I do. Uh, you know, so we're focused on veterans this month and, you know, we've just come out of, or we're, I guess you could call it in the middle of watching this uh, unraveling of Afghanistan mm -hmm. and many veterans I know in your audience here and, and even non-veterans um, veterans, especially are, are starting to question their service. You know, what, what, yeah. what was it all about? Why did I do all this? Um, you know, it, it, was my service in vain? Have the, have the fallen died in vain? And the answer to that is absolutely not. Um, I remain proud of my service and what I did there. Now, I have ownership in the failures. I absolutely do. And I wrote an article to this effect. You know, I made decisions and I helped shape strategy and I learned from doing it. I wasn't reckless and did the best I could with what I had. But reflecting back, um, what we did as veterans, you know, specifically to Afghanistan, we gave them 20 years of relative peace and prosperity, mm -hmm. women's rights, um, you know, birth deaths went down, uh, infant mortality um, got much better over those times. In some places, the government and the military really cared for and served its people. And so what we did, all this was on the back of veterans, is we showed them, we gave them a taste of that freedom that my hope now is that they can self-actualize as a nation and find that reflecting back on those things we, that we provided for them. We all did the very best we could, and our service is very honorable. And I believe many of us uh, are a shining example of service and sacrifice and will remain so, especially the fallen. So that's really the message I want to share with veterans and the greater audience out there. When you thank a veteran, you're still doing the right thing, um, and it means a lot. And they need that going forward. In fact, they need more than that. They need a friend. And so we're at a really important time in our country on the on the tail end of these two wars that I think we as veterans and non-veterans can really come together, uh, form a friendship and get to know each other better. I love it. Such great words of wisdom, especially remembering the peace and the securities and the opportunities we gave 
during those 20 years that you gave for your service and so many others. And, and that's an important element to remember without a doubt. Rob, thank you so much as always for being our guest. It's a pleasure always to have you back. And uh, I'm so glad that we got to hear from you this month on our Celebrating Veteran Entrepreneurs. Thanks, Michael. See you soon. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.